Faux sensitivity, emotional manipulation, superiority complexes, and making sure that everyone knows that he has the most refined tastes in all art forms. Today we're talking about soft boys. I'm Chaz, he's Brett, and this is The Furious Curious. Soft boys, Chuck. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put my finger on exactly who they are, but there was a definition that that I read somewhere, and I, and I think it, essentially I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah. it's social. It's socially the archetype or variations of it that yeah. wants to broadcast self awareness and sensitivity. In other words, uh, there there are worse men out there, as this person writes. Yeah. But, but those worst men are beginning to realize that they too can deploy the emotional weaponry of the soft boy. That was a vice definition uh, yeah. around sort of the history of the word soft boy and popular culture. Yeah. How have you heard it defined? Oh, by the way, I think this whole pod episode is really just a warning for people to just be <laughs> just beware of what some, what this guy is potentially doing and this is a public. This is a public service announcement. That's the way I see. Uh, I've let's see. So I, I was looking around. Like I saw the Guardian said uh, there's a soft boy spectrum. So at, uh, at one end, it's just um, anyone who has a unique or alternative interest that make them feel superior to people. Vice, I should say, which is a evidently a lot of soft boys read readvice.com however i just want to say this has nothing to do we're just just to clarify up front before people pause our pod is this has nothing to do with sexuality hence the gender fluid spelling b-o-i so this is not uh, a play on soft males as as the pejorative goes this is totally different than that this is a cultural phenomenon which is why chuck and i uh, are talking about it so just just to just to put that out there before people start to pause and and, and scrub to the next one but yeah uh, so vice.com they said soft boys are difficult to define but easy to recognize this is because they occupy a vague yet specific set of characteristics ranging from quote i've just watched american psycho for the first time and i'm applying its manipulative themes to my tinder conversations end quote or, uh to the more innocent quote, I own and wear more than one tiny little beanie rolled up and balanced on the top of my head, end quote. So it's an attractive boy with, with cheekbones, <laughs> jawlines uh, that look like they haven't slept in a week. That's been my observation. And uh, they, maybe they carry a moleskin that they've never opened, that they've never written in, uh, maybe a book that they've never read. Well, well I think the, uh, the idea of posing or the idea of a poser in in american culture has evolved over the years what you know what is considered perhaps peacocking once upon a time is now just a sort of a perhaps a slightly demure soft boy in 2020 so Mm -hmm. it, it really does it has evolved but it is my great pleasure to announce today we have 
perhaps America's finest soft boy aficionado, at, le- at least west of the Rockies, by a, a longtime friend of mine and a soft boy connoisseur, Chase Alexander Demurg. Welcome to the pod, Chase. Thank you. Thank you. Nice pronunciation there. No, I like I, I, yeah, I, b- I believe it's actually <laughs> pronunciation, but I won't hold your feet to the fire on that. But welcome to the pod. Now, soft boys, if you had a wheelhouse, I, I would say that soft boys are firmly within that. Now, why are you? Why do you fancy yourself an expert in the the soft boy, you know, sensibility or, or behaviors, attitudes, and motivations? What makes you qualified to comment upon uh, soft boyhood? So, uh, let me caveat this by saying that. In that same Vice article you cited, uh, yeah. several times throughout it, she has made mention that the, the soft boy spectrum is a wide spectrum. Right. But I say that because, of course, I identify with a few uh, soft boy characteristics. Ooh. Uh, Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll get into that. Exactly. So uh, I actually think I've stumbled upon this phenomenon from like a Medium uh, email, like Medium, the blogging service. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like a digest. And I don't know what it, I don't know what it was, but uh, something about the headline, something about the headline, like how to spot a soft boy before he ruins your life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Really caught my eye. It was a, it was a medium article. It's not the Vice article, but um, and I was just I was just reading through it and cracking up because I, I think I went through a, I, I went through this transition where I was like reading this article. I'm like, holy shit, is this about like someone like me? <laughs> and then I, yeah. and I just kept reading it further and further. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm definitely not. You're, you're clear. Oh, phew. Okay. <laughs> so, so, they, so, so, boys, they, they claim to be honest, like to be honest with you. Like, I was going through those texts. Like, there's that whole, uh, what's that? What's that Instagram? Beam me up, softboy. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They claim to be honest, but like, they also claim to be like, quote, a weirdo and then kind of not part of the crowd. And just to just they pretend to have this sensitive artsy side, just to just to say it's straight, right? Like that's what that's really the tactic here. Mm-hmm. Since we have Chase as our guest, we could pellet him with some questions relating to soft boys. Certainly, these can, these can be personal sure. answers if 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 we want, or you know, you can you can claim no comment. So hypothetically <laughs> speaking, if I if I was now terrified that I'm a soft boy, okay, how would I know? Uh, is there a checklist that I can look at to find? So let's go through this checklist and Chase can be our, our guinea pig on this, right? Okay, so Chase, yes. do you have the name of a band in your dating app bio? Now, granted, I know you're married. We're all, we're all, we're all in serious relationships, but let's say, let's say in another time in another place before you were married, do you have a name of a band in your dating app bio? Would you? Would you? <laughs> yeah. Would you? Uh, you know, I never use the dating apps really. Um, I just kind of got struck up my relationship with my, my other half before that was a really thing. So, um, I think they call all... that organic dating. I think <laughs> yeah. it's organic yeah. dating. Also Chase, we have a policy on the furious curious. You're meant to tell the truth when you, <laughs> when you answer questions. So that would be great mm-hmm. if you could do that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, fine. I met a few girls off of okay. Cupid. Okay. No band no bands in there like Tom York or Radiohead. I, I feel like that's those are soft boy bands. I can't remember if I put bands in there or not. I feel like I may have, but I'm not sure. Okay. I might have been like too worried that that would give off some sort of impression. 
Gotcha. I would have totally put up like Depeche Mode or something. I was very lucky to also meet um, my wife organically. Right. Uh, organic I'm... dating. That's a new thing. That should be our new thing, guys. Organic dating. <laughs> so uh, any any pairs of Vans or Doc Martens? I have a few pairs of Vans. All right. So there is a remnant <laughs> here. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Do you exclusively shop? Or have you ever exclusively shopped, maybe in your early twenties, mid twenties, at Urban Outfitters? You know, I had a I had a thing with Urban Outfitters one time where I uh, was in an Urban Outfitters in New Haven, Connecticut, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I was looking around and I'm like, all right, American Psycho, like that book, and then I I was listening to whatever song was on the radio. I'm like, love this song, and then I saw like four or five other things. And I'm like, I like this, I like that. I'm like. And then I had this realization, I'm like, holy shit, this place is totally marketing to me. <laughs> and I, I got to get out of here because it's creeping me out. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't, and then I, I never really shopped there ever since then. You could just feel Chuck's strategy decks like just <laughs> yeah. infiltrating your brain. He was, um, he was hiding in the bushes. It was interesting. <laughs> so what, what year was this? That had to be like 2007. Because I'd worked on the strategy for Urban Outfitters in 2007, and our audience was laconic hype beasts. Laconic East Bay hype beasts. You're not you going to believe me. this. Oh my gosh. But we had you, you in the crosshair. Wow. You had him. You got me. Uh, do you find yourself ranting about how terrible your life is to someone you're trying to pursue and saying, but you could help me feel better? <laughs> we know that we know you wouldn't say that now yeah, but right uh that's a definite no yeah is your ideal woman a manic pixie dream girl i don't even know what that is uh no i i feel like i've talked to that sort of character type and been like I don't, I don't, I, I would, I, I, yeah, I don't, no, that's a definite, that's a hard now. <laughs> Have you ever with, with a love interest, uh, romanticized their drug use or mental illness? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just a little bit of a soft boy here, Chad. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say this is, let's see, I'm looking at the score sheet here. I'm saying five out of 10. That's halfway to it. I think, thankfully, it uh, sounds like your wife rescued you. She did. She absolutely did. You were heading in, you were heading in that direction. But and for actually, what it's worth, you rescued her right back. Sorry, that's a pretty woman. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about soft boys. <laughs> Sorry. In oh. actuality, like all this research I've done on soft boys, uh, just to talk about it here, um, I don't think any tactics would have worked on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, um, any any cuffed pants or signet rings? I don't have a signet ring, and I don't have any cuffed pants. But I I have cuffed my pants for a time or two. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to say one foot in, one foot out. That's, that's the conclusion, yeah. I would say. Sure, sure. Um, I, I, I'd say, you know, you snapshot me in, you know, at 24, probably about the same. I had, yeah, Urban Outfitters, Doc Martens. I mean, I might be a higher on the score chart than you. And I, this is, this is sobering news. My vans, my vans purchasing has been a rather recent thing in my life. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and that is actually, do because or that's because i have a my sister-in-law works for the company that makes vans so or gotcha. she doesn't work for vans she works for the parent company 
Gotcha. So we get discounts and that's the only reason I even got into them in the first place. Uh, but once I was in, no turning back. Why don't we move on to the five reasons why? And we're going to sort of yes. split duties here. So I'll throw out a couple and you guys can throw out a couple and, and we'll roll from there. So, yep. um, so number one, um, and I'm going to call this one, sensitivity is in style. Now, men mm. being in touch with their emotions is now more acceptable than it's ever been. And if you think of the, the machismo displayed in sort of movies and pop culture of, of, of yore, but now I guess the, the more earnest, um, you, know, more, you know, sensitive new age guy in touch with their personality that's much more sort of, you know, for, for, you know, for lack of a better term, woke and sensitive uh, seems to be more acceptable and, and an appropriate way in, in terms of, uh, I guess, courting a mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys got any thoughts on that? I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Or the toxic soft boys. Yeah, totally. So, so number two, I'm saying nature abhors a vacuum. Now, if <laughs> if soft, being a soft boy is the shortcut to relevance, and you know, being a relevant sort of candidate to to date people, yeah. uh, some boys are willing to pay that price. So, if it's a if it's a valid way in, it's going to be deployed. And and I think the more sinister way this is. Um, this was expressed in that sort of vice article was that many people adopt the soft boy weaponry as a way in. So given that it is a valid, uh, you know, approach to the mating game in 2020, it feels like it it was sort of right for the taking. Did you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think it's kind of the evolution of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's uh, these men who are kind of, who are toxic, but want to seem less threatening. Um, so they kind of yeah. present themselves in this deep way when they're not really deep. They just want to exploit emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, another one is like there are a certain amount of soft boys who are people who haven't achieved like the artistic or creative heights they, they had hoped to. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of want to let people know how deep they are. Right. Uh, I think that's interesting. I, I, it, it often feels like, you know, we're all, we've worked in agencies and it, it often feels like the people who are the most earnest about trying to look the most creative um, are trying to make up for perhaps a, a deficit of creativity. Mm-hmm. And you think that, I guess, form of armor or form of sort of, you know, the, the public facade is a tool employed by the soft boy essentially to, to look more artistic, look more, you know, appealing in many respects than they truly are. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't get too, too far into a deep dark hole on uh, my take on agency people, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's that, that kind of climate is ripe for that sort of personality. I mean, you're talking about people who are, are very creative and very artistic in their own right. And they're essentially just, not the artists that uh, they they might want to be. Instead, they're working for probably a holding company for a multi-million or billion-dollar brand, and mm. they're still they're working in a service um, to something else other than themselves, really. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's there's a aspect of uh, economic status to this. Um, so I wonder if there can't be people who are, might, might just be super just overeducated and don't really have an outlet for these kind of things. I don't know if that's like the, uh, more innocent or the more toxic, but I feel like there's definitely a, uh, a good spectrum of them that are, are a good, 
amount of them that are, um, you know, this they grew up in, in, in a very comfortable life and were educated, but, you know, privately and went to a good university. And uh, now they're just out in the world and they have all this like knowledge kicking around their heads and um, they're probably working some lame job and they just, they just don't have any outlet for all this stuff they have jam packed in their craniums. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's actually relevant, especially, you know, people who you know, often go to liberal arts colleges or, you know, uh, you know, take, you know, arts as, you know, the, whether it's philosophy or English, the, basically liberal arts degrees. There is so many, so much that these people can learn. And then when they get to the workplace, you know, and if they're not an academic in any of those disciplines, they're in for a bit of a, a crude awakening. Right. Uh, uh, you know, the, the corporate environment is so often um, not favorable or not appreciative of those, that kind of knowledge, so, certainly today and certainly in a place like Silicon Valley. So um, I, I think that's a good point. It's, it's an expression of acquired knowledge uh, to say, look at me, you know, I, can, I look like a sort of an artistic, you know, writer who's, you know, starving artists in parts of in New York, London, P- Paris, anywhere it's sort of it's a reinforcement of that i guess persona if it's not even achievable so that, that makes a lot of sense to me did you guys tap in any of this um ketamine usage among soft boys oh yeah i heard I, I saw that yeah the ketamine thing i didn't really track that at all it's it's a heavy antidepressant right it's a horse tranquilizer special k it was really popular in the early 90s um actually that movie with macaulay culkin party monster about the uh, New York City club promoter, promoter mm-hmm. Michael Oleg was that was a very important part to their lives because that was a real person. That's another thing that makes me think that this is really rooted in the the UK. I, I feel like that's kind of a UK phenomenon, the special K, right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get all sorts of hate mail from our fans. <laughs> <laughs> so sonic embodiments. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I had a few for, for here. Like I thought, you know, Elliot Smith, uh, especially in the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack, I thought that was an interesting one. I, mm. I took it back to the nineties. I feel like people who there's this sort of, um, church of worship around Jeff Buckley, especially the last goodbye. I feel like, you know, 97, 96, 97, it was played in every party. I, I just feel like he's sort of the, the anthem of the soft boy. But I, for some reason, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, um, The Place Beyond the Pines, and the song, the end, the, you know, when the end credits come up, uh, it's called, it's by Bonnie Vare, it's called The Wolves Act 1 and 2. That, that just feels like the prototypical soft boy song. And if you read the lyrics, it, it just feels so overtly sort of whiny and manipulative at the same time a little bit poetic and sad and heartbroken so hmm. that that was my choice for the sonic embodiment gotcha. what about you guys i'd say like there's this band cigarettes after sex the yeah shoegaze band they're totally a soft boy that's and they're really good i actually just happen to really like them but yeah cigarettes after sex i've heard a lot of like in terms of retro stuff like joy division is popular among soft boys so there is a streak of uh like new wave uh, the Promise by When in Rome is a just unabashed soft boy song to me. Have you heard the Sturgill Simpson cover of that song? No. So good. Oh, I'll listen to that. <laughs> um, there is a, then lyrically, straight up lyrically, the song Some Girls by Death Cab for Cutie. 
is a is singing from a soft boy's point of view. Mm-hmm. So check check out those lyrics. You'll it'll. I think he was. I think he was trying to value signal to uh, Zoe Deschanel at the, at the time. Awesome. So that that's my that's my that's my theory. So those are those are my sonic embodiments. But let me back up a bit because there's a yeah. line I stole out of one of the articles I read. Um, yeah. It said, "Where do you even find Algerian jazz fusion?" <laughs> 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 so I don't know. That's pretty good. You know what? I, I did. Sorry, I did hear some Nigerian jazz fusion. I believe uh, in the Mission. Maybe a year, I used to live in the Mission, and I'm trying to remember the actual name of the band. But there was, was a place called Evil Eye. It was like a soft boy haven. It was, it was amazing. But yeah, just uh, tip of the hat to the to the anthems. That that Sufjan Stevens song from uh, Call Me by Your Name is oh. I, the sound of it is just that just. I just think of a soft boy when I when I hear that. It's been a long, long time since I've memorized your face. It's been four hours now since I've wandered through your place. And when I sleep on your couch, I feel Because that's Chalamet all over the place. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mystery of Love. Um, Mm. And then there's a lot of references to Mac DeMarco, who I actually like a lot. Tame Impala came up a lot. My Uh, people. There you go. Kevin Turner. Um, By the way, there's a pretty good interview with him uh, and Rick Rubin on that Malcolm Gladwell podcast. Oh, yeah, sweet. Oh, so what's his revisionist history? A broken, oh, it's broken record. He's got a new oh, broken record. Yeah, 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 it's really good. That's cool. Um, as an aside, there's like a part where where Rick Rubin was talking about recording uh, one of the two. He recorded two Red Hot Chili Peppers art, art albums, and they basically record like double the amount of songs they put on the album. And Kevin right. Turner's like, he's like, wow, I can't even wrap my head around that. Like. I, if, if basically if I'm not going to put a song on the album, I'll stop recording it like 25% of the way. Then there's this thing, the soft boy stare. That's, <laughs> that's, I think no that's, why like, that's why like stadium Arcadium was like a double ended up being a double album. Yeah. Um, but the other two acts I came across, well, Lana Del Rey, which we spoke about at the top of the show. And then this artist that I, I tried listening to his album. I just, I don't know. I think, and I also think part of this is Softboy seems to be like a very UK based thing, or at least mm. started from there. But mm-hmm. Rex Orange County came up a lot. And uh, yeah. Then there was this E Boy offshoot, which is a yes. Yeah. There's also a there's also a Spotify playlist um, that is, a, is called like Soft Boys and Soft Girls. Oh. That, is a, that is a treasure trove. Lots of cigarettes after sex in there. Oh, there you go. Wow. I just pulled. I just kind of pulled that out of my behind, thinking <laughs> seriously, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that was all." I thought it was just my conjecture. Evidently, the you were spot on. Yeah, I had your on. finger on the pulse, my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all I have for now. But I, yeah, I would encourage anyone who's curious to take a look at this playlist. Uh, yeah, we'll drop it in. Uh, we'll post it in the liners. Sweet, um, and then we'll post it 
on uh, Instagram too. <laughs> so, so just just for clarity, you know, we have a category on the uh, on the Furious Curious called the Patron Saints, who mm-hmm. are, I guess the 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 personal embodiments of of, of whatever the phenomena is that we're discussing. Uh, in this case, uh, who would you say, Chase, the are the, are the patron saints of soft boy soft boyhood in your mind? Well, if you read all the articles, a lot of people are quick to point out Timothy Chalamet or Tim- Timothy Chalamet. Okay. <laughs> what is his name? Literally, that's 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 his name. Literally, Timothy. Okay. You know, part French, but ça pour moi. I think he said in an interview sometime, like, uh, you know, I can't tell people how to pronounce my name correctly because that would be awful. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Timothy Salome is someone uh, everyone points out. Um, same thing with Harry Styles. Oh yeah, like he he comes up a lot. Uh, there's a there's like a singer that I'm not super familiar with, but I've seen him pointed out named Conan Gray. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, if you look him up on Wikipedia, his affiliated music acts are uh, Panic at the Disco. Okay. So, oh okay. Bingo. Um, Target. Yeah, right. Well, well my 10-year-old daughter is a big fan of Panic at the Disco. Oh, and, nice. and, and, and I guess my next question was... Wait, wait. I got to tell you a, a soft boy a throwback here. Two soft boy throwbacks. Oh, I was going to say, is it is it David Gray? Could could David Gray be the progenitor of Conan? Uh, um, mm. I mean, I in, in the realm of soft boyhood, I, it, it doesn't feel like that much of a reach. I feel like, right. I feel like, I feel like David Gray was like... He's like adult contemporary. He's like he's like our adult contemporary. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just feel uh, for that era, ninety nine two thousand, it feels like, you know, he, he embodied the soft boy, you know, vibe. But sorry, I digress. So continue. No, you might be right. He's got a he's got a pinstripe suit in uh, his first image. I found. I feel like that's pretty anti soft boy because that looks. In, in with the benefit of hindsight, I, I think we can anoint uh, Donnie Darko. As a soft boy. Ooh, okay. And, yeah, I'd uh, buy that. And the uh, last one I'll say is one Mr. Ross Geller. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ross. <laughs> that's Ross Geller is, was a soft boy before a soft boy. But is he, is he, where's he on that spectrum? Because we were talking about like there's a range from like the pure evil, like emotional manipulation, right? And then, um, and then there's the objectively harmless. And those are the goalposts, right? So, like, where you know, it, let's say, let's say, pure evil is ten, objectively harmless is one. Like, where would where would where would Ross Geller be? In, I give him a four point five. I would no, man. Ross Geller is Bambi, right? <laughs> I, I, he, you know, he's, he's a hi, hyperkinetic. He does not have a manipulative bone in his body. He's this zany, you know, earnest, wacky guy. I, I would say he's the anti-soft boy. Didn't he have to take a sabbatical from work for for rage issues though? Uh, yeah, man, I, I would say Immortan Joe from Mad Max, who, who will see you in Valhalla, <laughs> is the opposite of, of Ross Geller. Like, he's more of a soft boy, rather, than, than Ross Geller. Right. You can make a case for him regardless, but I digress. Let me go. So I, yeah. I just want to pose a couple of um, other ideas in terms of the patron saints. Um, uh-huh. You know, we, we talked about, you, as you covered, you, you mentioned Harry Styles, um, you know, some of the ones we've been reading about. Uh, that you, you also discussed, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt comes up in some of them. I want to I throw like, out. I like, the, I like to call him Jogo. Yeah, Jogo. Just uh, 
hit record. No, I actually saw Joe the other day in the Westfield Mall about a year ago, and he was very, he was very, very nice. Um, I want to, I want to take it way back. I think Paul McCartney was an early soft boy. I think within the Beatles, you know, coming out of Liverpool, they had that grungy sensibility. He, he was the first one to cultivate the sort of the doe-eyed, innocent good boy. Uh, so I think Paul McCartney was that. Uh, well, you know, it, I think Edward from Twilight. Um, who played by Robert Pattinson, who, who's a vampire, hashtag Team Edward, only silly people were Team Jacob. And, and I also want to say, and, and I think I'd like to get your take on this, Chase, uh, Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites. You know, I've never seen that movie. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so, but, but Ethan Hawke as an entity, I totally buy that. For sure. Well, back to your Beatles take, though. You know, if Paul McCartney's one, I would I would argue that he's more on the more innocent side of the spectrum, and John Lennon is on the most toxic side of the spectrum. No, but he was overtly toxic. Yes. And I, I think that Paul tried to masquerade his toxic toxicity, or at least tried to you know blanket it in this sort of doe-eyed innocent boy. So I think there was a degree of manipulation that Paul had that John did not. Justin Bieber was a – is he a soft boy? Going back to Patron Saints. It's hard to know. I, I think probably – you hear certain throwaway quotes that he's made at various times and you could probably say that and same with the lyrics. Uh, actually, whatever that – Whatever song that is. Yeah, that I one. There's, there's a bit of a soft boy component in there. Like mm. it, it almost like he's sort of playing a little bit of – the victim in order to be more appealing the victim from a bad negative previous relationship setting the stage for a forthcoming positive more positive one so i don't know that, that's so that, that's a little bit of a soft boy move i feel like gotcha all right so what have we uh what do we got next boys i got oh we got two questions for chuck oh Oh great! <laughs> here we go. I'm just scrubbing through here. Let me look. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, okay, so two questions. One, this one, Chuck, this is for you. Turdy Bird two seventy five asks, "What's the most soft boy thing you've ever done?" Well, Turdy Bird, um, the bird, the Turdy Bird is the word. It would it would appear. Uh, oh, geez, that, that's a real tough one. Uh, I, I don't know if I have the, the, the patience or the, the poker face to be as earnest. Anyone who knows me, I'm not, I'm not a particularly earnest person. And uh, look, I'd have, I'd have to really think about it. Um, uh, Dodge the bullet. That's okay. That's yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to part. I'm going to have to find a friend on that one, I think. Okay. Uh, oh, back to this pixie. Okay, so Baseball Nutface 2002 asks, Chuck, who would be your manic pixie dream girl? Uh, that's Ooh. assuming that we even know what that is, but I, I don't. Sure. Jeez. Um, oh, okay, who? <laughs> I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Um, who, 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 who are the candidates? I, I guess that would be my first question. Who are the candidates for the, the MPDG? I know. Well, let's add, let's add them. We'll, we'll add them back uh, just to see what they're actually getting at. Uh, so, baseball nutface two thousand two. We're gonna get back at you. 
Uh, so yeah, okay, that's all right. That's all right, Chuck. Those were two. Those were two hairy, uh, hairy curveballs. So uh, anyway, Chase, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us on this episode. It was really yeah. special, really good, awesome. Like, thank you for contributing, fellow ad fun. dude. Stoked about that. But yeah, it looks like we are. We are. I think this. We're officially in a post One Direction world, gents. This is a post One Direction world. Why? What's ha- what's happened? No more you boy get, bands. Get some so I, think, I, I feel like Soft Boys is like the post boy band phenomenon. Oh, I see what you mean. That's what I meant. But maybe it's maybe that's too deep. Maybe I'm being a soft boy about this whole thing and just <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I, we're in too deep. Why don't you explain to us your feelings? Anyway, you're listening to the Furious Curious, hosted hosted and produced by me, Bryn Rice, and my esteemed colleague Charlie Quark. Thank you, Chase, for joining us. Uh, we yeah, are here from San Francisco, California. Uh, But until next time, stay curious. Out.